What's up, my friend? It's ADHD coach Catherine, and I'm bringing some powerful possibilities to you today. If you're listening to this just as it's released, it's the third week of January 2024, and it's about now that many people with ADHD start to hit a metaphorical wall when it comes to their new goals, their dreams, their resolutions. And so I wanted to look at why these things are more challenging for us, but also I wanted to look a little bit into the world of entrepreneurship and burnout because these are two things I'm hearing a lot about from people in my DMs, in my emails, and also it's that time of year, right? We want to be trying new things, but we may be struggling and not sure why. And one of the things I want people to avoid as much as possible is feeling burnt out. So let's have a look. ADHD, resolutions, goals, visions, entrepreneurship and burnout and see what we come up with by the end of this episode for you. I don't know where you are in the world, but here in Scotland, the winter is really tricky for many people with ADHD. We often don't get sunlight until 8.30, quarter to nine in the morning, and then it's gone again by 4pm. And there is some research that shows people with ADHD are more likely to experience the seasonal depression that comes with darker months. We're also very likely to be quite busy and it could be that some things help you. For me, for instance, going out in the middle of the day for a walk ticks off lots of my ADHD boxes and my seasonal depression boxes. But in January, that can feel like just one thing too much. So if you are struggling, I want to take a moment just to say, you're not alone. This will pass. It's not you that is somehow broken. It's just that this moment right now is a real challenge, but you can overcome it. You have before, you will again. And I'm going to invite you to just take a little break for half an hour, listen to the information here, which will put all of your experience into context and then give you some uh, some ways out of it. When I'm in a session with people, I often say, can I share this with you? I just had this image of, and it's because I, I think in very visual ways. And right now I'm thinking of a person pulling themselves out of a pit using a, a rope or maybe a sand, you know, one of these sinking sand things that you used to see in adventure films. Uh, in my youth, people were always falling into sinking sand and somebody would throw them a rope. This is your rope to pull you out of the sinking sand that is ADHD plus January plus resolutions and goals plus entrepreneurship and burnout. And at this time of year, it is entirely possible you have said, I'm not making any resolutions this year. I'm not going to do that to myself. I know it's really counterproductive, but somewhere in the back of your mind, you have this goal for what you would like to achieve this year. And most research looking at resolutions and setting goals shows that round about the middle of February, neurotypical people in general tend to be burning out. The gyms start to get quieter again. The dry January is finished. We're maybe not studying so hard for the qualification or the topic that we've been interested in. We're taking our foot off the pedal on the, the new business that we may be starting. Or if you're a student, you might find your resolution to study is not holding up against the weather outside. And that's because our time horizon is generally around six to eight weeks. And for many people with ADHD, it's shorter. If you go back a few episodes, I talk a lot about the time horizon and how that impacts our 
goal setting, our vision creating and how we need to a be aware of that and remember that when we start to lose focus, it's not because it's not important anymore. It's just because it's really hard for our brains to imagine something that far in the future. So give yourself a break. Accept that it's the second week in January. You may already have decided that this is just too much right now. And I want to share a metaphor with you. In gardening, which is one of my favourite things in the world, at this time of year, the gardens look quite grim. Uh, Mine does anyway. I've left a lot of plants overgrown and I haven't cut them back because I want them to feed the birds. And just this week, a goldfinch was out eating the seed heads on one of my bir- one of my flowers from the summer. If you looked at the garden right now, you would have no idea what it's going to look like in the summer. But if you go a foot down underneath, the roots, the bulbs, the shoots, they're all going and getting ready to start coming up in a few weeks' time. I want you to think of yourself as one of those little bulbs. You do not need to be out there doing all the things and pounding the pavements when it's one or two degrees. You do not need to be schlepping to the gym at 6am in the morning. You can take your time and you can still get there. But if you push yourself too hard too soon, it's going to be more likely that you'll eventually start to feel burnout and exhausted. And burnout is something I want to talk about a little bit today, both from a personal and from a professional perspective. So this week, Imagine you're a little bulb snug under the ground. You are filling up your dreams with summer sun and green leaves and beautiful coloured petals and or, you know, fruit, if you're, <laughs> you prefer a fruit metaphor of vegetables. But right now it's all about doing the deep work, the foundation setting, which may not look like very much and may not feel like very much for you, especially if you have ADHD and you want to be very active and going out and doing lots of different things. So let's give ourselves just a a few weeks to pause, to rest, to recharge in the midwinter and to gather our resources internal and external for the coming spring, which is, you know, far enough off that we may have some trouble envisioning it very accurately. It might seem a bit strange for me to be talking about burnout at the start of the year, but this is something I've noticed, especially among people who, like me, are maybe in their 50s and who are managing lots of different roles in life. Maybe you've decided that this is the year you do things differently. Maybe you want to start your own business. You're maybe currently unemployed or a parent, a carer. You've uh, been out of the workplace for a while. You want to start something new. And I'm hearing a lot of resistance just in the general chatter. I wouldn't say anything in particular. And it may be that's just what the algorithms are serving me. But I wanted to address it directly because I think one of the problems I see most commonly is we think if I can just add one more thing, this one thing will be the solution that makes all the other things manageable and I'll feel better. I will have success. I will have financial freedom. I will not feel like a failure because that is underlying all of these things that our current state is not acceptable and we want to change it. From an ADHD coaching perspective, that is laudable in that coaching is all about positive change and going forward. 
But I think it's much easier if we're coming from a place where we have discomfort in our current situation, but we're not blaming ourselves for that. And we are able to take a helicopter view of the situation, both our strengths, our challenges, our situation and our desires, our visions for the future. So I'm going to ask you to zoom out a little bit and just observe yourself and think, am I setting up a vision or a goal for this year from a place of um, blame and shame for myself? And if I am, am I ready to let go of that because I know it's not going to serve me and it's not going to take me closer to where I want to go? And I hope you said yes and you're able to move forward with me because While you are busy focusing on your weaknesses, your flaws, your faults, it's going to be really difficult for you to accept that you have these strengths that you need to to lean into, depending on what you want to do this year. And while we're busy berating ourselves, whether it's for our emotional reactivity, whether it's for our procrastination, our inability to prioritise, our timekeeping, our financial impulsivity, any of these things, while we're feeling guilty and ashamed and bad about all of those, we're going to be stuck. I want to acknowledge that these things are all present for many of us, but they are just part of the scenery. They're part of the landscape and they can be minimised. They can be disguised. But ideally, you want to address the, the structural element of what's going on there so that you can have genuine freedom, genuine success that's long lasting by maintaining the changes. Somebody said to me this week, what do you mean by scaffolding? Uh, That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So let's take an example and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So the kind of scaffolding that is helpful for people with ADHD are things like making sure you have a structured routine, making sure that you have enough sleep and that you have a sleep structure, a sleep routine set up that you have enough daily exercise, that you have that built in to your uh, daily plan, that your weekly plan includes enough exercise. That just means things like walking and weight training, if, if possible, maybe some yoga or some stretches. It's about making sure that you have admin structures, admin scaffolding around you. Do you need to find a kind of bank account that will put a limit on how much you can spend in 24 hours? Do you need an accountant? Do you need a bookkeeper? Do you need to have somebody else who keeps hold of your bank card if you're feeling like you want to go and buy something? What are the other types of scaffolding you might need? You might want to have a saved shopping list on your supermarket website that you can order food from regularly so that you're not impulse buying food that takes you further away from your goals of health and well-being or outside of your budget. So there are lots of different kinds of scaffolding and it depends very much on what your needs are for your current situation, your challenges and what's available to you. So before we get to the idea of what a vision or a goal might look like for somebody with ADHD and how that can relate to things like your own business, let's take a moment to think about burnout. ADHD burnout, autistic burnout, we hear a lot about it. There's very little specific research into either one of these on their own. So ADHD burnout, autistic burnout, the research tends to be uh, tied together with the general experience of burnout. And what does that mean? It's a state of 
complete exhaustion. It would have been described as nervous exhaustion 50 or 60 years ago. And it's not a breakdown in the sense of being unable to to function in daily life, but it's very close. And none of these are medical terms. None of these are academic terms that you would go and get a diagnosis with. You, You can't get a prescription that says this will treat burnout. What are the features of burnout and what do you need to be looking out for if you're starting to edge closer to it, as I've heard a few people mention this week? The first thing to say is that you can experience burnout at any age, at any stage, and it's to do with a constant chronic stress, fatigue, physical and nervous exhaustion. And it's all to do with managing how we need to live, but in a world with neurotypical standards. Now, neurotypical people also experience burnout. This isn't an us versus them situation. It's just that I like to think we are the we're the rangers out in front. We can spot danger on the horizon and the same goes for circumstances in life that can cause burnout. What are the main five things that you're likely to see if you're experiencing burnout? First is exhaustion and I don't just mean feeling tired. Exhaustion that doesn't get any better even after a sleep, even after a few days, a week of rest. So if you've gone on holiday, you've had two weeks of sun lying by the pool, you come back and you're even more exhausted, that would be a a red flag for me. And we'd want you to see your GP to get everything checked out. But it could be that your life is leading you to a place of burnout where there's just no gas left in the tank and you cannot recover with simply resting and going back to business as usual. And this isn't just a physical exhaustion. Mentally, emotionally, you may find that you just have no room for anything and your limits are much smaller than they used to be. It's something that I noticed in myself a few years ago when I was getting close to burnout. I didn't have the tolerance, the patience that is a hallmark of how I parent. It just wasn't there. You might also find that your performance isn't what it usually is. This is at work and at home and in your hobbies and things like that. And and again, resting doesn't seem to help and it's consistent. And the more you try to get back to where you were to improve your performance, to meet those deadlines, to get things done, it's just not responding to more effort. So you end up with this awful situation where you're trying harder, but you're doing worse. And that, again, is one of the signs that we're closing up to burnout. You might also find that your ADHD symptoms start to get worse if you're getting into the burnout zone. And things like impulsivity, your distractibility, time management, prioritisation and organising things. And again, these are always going to be part of our ADHD profile. It's to do with our executive functions, our prefrontal cortex and dopamine regulation, etc. But when we are getting burnout, they get so much worse and you might try to increase your medication and it doesn't make any difference at all. If that's happening, then that's another tick in the I'm heading into burnout zone. You might find that socially you're withdrawing from commitments. You are not connecting with people. You are avoiding having conversations. It's not because you don't want to talk to people, really. You just don't have the energy. You don't have the social battery anymore. You might be 
feeling that it's just not worth it. And that also leads to our last one, which is the emotional difficulties that we can experience more with burnout. You might find that you feel more inadequate, more of a failure, that you're just completely overwhelmed. You'll never get a hang of things. That can lead to mood swings becoming much wider and more frequent, more noticeable. And the general dysregulation that goes with ADHD can become much, much more noticeable for other people. So all of these together, these five signs are indications that you're heading towards burnout. So what can you do? Because burnout isn't something that is generally diagnosable as a separate condition, a separate illness, the strategies that actually help with it are ones that are based on people's experience. They are ones that you have heard me talk about before, but they are extremely applicable for ADHD and burnout. The first is to look at your breaks and your time management. Generally, we are trying to put a gallon into a pint pot. So we have all these responsibilities that we've maybe taken on, all these interests, all these goals and visions, which is why we're talking about this in the new year. And we're trying to fit it into 24 hours. And okay, I know Beyonce has 24 hours, but her 24 hours look very different from mine. She's a wonderful person, but I'm pretty sure she has staff. I'm pretty sure she has other people to manage the day-to-day admin of life in a neurodivergent family, in a neurodivergent business, and as a human being with my own interests and passions. If you are struggling to put everything into one day, the first thing to think about is what can I put aside for just now? What can I put a pin in and keep to one side for when I've got a bit more time or when I've completed something? And this is a challenge because we like to add things because it keeps the dopamine flowing. It makes us feel more interested in daily life. But if you are getting overwhelmed, if you're getting close to burnout, what can you park or put a pin in and put to one side just for a few weeks, for a few months and give yourself time to recover? Take things off your plate as far as you possibly can. Make sure that you do keep time for fun, for relaxation, for things that you enjoy. But think about structuring your time especially for entrepreneurs, for business owners with ADHD, set a cut off time when you put everything away, because what will happen is you do not have firm enough boundaries and things are going to start bleeding over into your family time, into your rest time. That is not sustainable. It is not healthy for you, for people around you. It's not healthy for the people that you're serving in your business. So how many days do you want to work? If you can't do everything within those days, what can you get assistance with? And make sure that you've put some bright line boundaries in place. That may mean asking someone to take your phone away at 9pm or 8pm. It may mean that you set an out of office reply on your email from Friday to Monday. Whatever it takes, make sure that you are taking enough time away and that you have got a structure in place from your day to your week to your months. So we're looking at structured time, we're looking at building in more breaks, we're looking at boundary setting and some of that if you are a person in business is setting expectations and that may mean that you do not reply to everybody within a day and that's okay. 
as long as you make it very clear from the beginning of your conversation that you will respond to them within 24, 48 hours. But you do not need to be answering everybody straight away. Let's make some boundaries, get some time structure in place and look at how much you can put aside or have somebody else assist you with. And these have to be very strict boundaries so that when you are not working, you are resting. Rest doesn't need to be lying down, still not moving, but it does need to be something sufficiently different from your business or from your job or from your studies. If you are a parent who is burning out and you're thinking, I can't get away from my work because my work is my family, you're going to need to get some help. Now, that might mean you employ a a local volunteer, you find a a friend, a cousin, somebody who can either entertain the kids for a couple of hours uh, so that you go and do something and you're not interrupted. But it might mean that you need to think about what other people can take on so that you're not being so overloaded. And again, structure, time, boundaries. And you need to see if you can get at least one solid stretch of time each week where you are just being yourself. And it's not easy. I acknowledge that. It's really not easy. But there are going to be groups, people uh, around you that can help. So find me on social media, drop me a comment or a message, and I will see if I can find groups around who can help you and uh, point you in the right direction. When we are heading into burnout, our stress and emotional dysregulation tends to get out of control. And so one of the most evidence-based ways to manage that is a mindfulness-based stress relief technique. And so you can find lots of these online. Look for free ones. There are some really good ones focusing on self-compassion by Dr. Neff, who wrote Fierce Self-Compassion, which is one of my recommended reads. And aim for five to ten minutes once a day. It would be fantastic if you could do it every day, especially when you're feeling burnt out. But there is good evidence to show it can help stress and emotional regulation if we do it every day for two weeks. Think about your thoughts. And one of the patterns of thinking that tends to crop up with burnout is that we are failures, that we can't do it, that we get into these negative loops of uh, thought. It's challenging to break that yourself. So obviously, it's one of my jobs is to challenge people when I hear them saying negative things and being stuck. But it needs to be done in the right way with enough compassion and curiosity and space for people to reframe it. There are other ways to do that. You might have a friend, you might be part of an online group or a community where if you hear somebody constantly being down on themselves and being stuck in this very negative view of life of themselves, it's worth just highlighting that to them and reflecting it back. You don't need to do any more. You're not trying to fix things, but you can reflect it back and say, it sounds like you're always saying this. Is that true? Or I thought you did really well last week and highlight the positive things that they have mentioned. So we're just challenging that narrative a little bit more. And then we need to look after your body as well as your mind. So sleep hygiene is really important. If you can leave your phone out of the bedroom, please do. The temptation to lie there and scroll is too great for most people. You can get these speaker things that go under your pillow. So at least put it on the other side of the room and play your audiobook or a podcast through that while you rest 
or your white noise, whatever you use. I like white noise, but I have it as part of my alarm clock so that you're not tempted to pick up your phone and scroll things either as soon as you wake up or just before you go to sleep. Try to get up at the same time every day. Make that consistent seven days a week. Make sure you're taking your meds early enough in the day. And if your brain is really active overnight, discuss with your prescriber whether it might be worth trying to have medication that works overnight because that does help some people who have a a kind of rebound and whose brains just never stop. If your thoughts are waking you up overnight, please discuss that with your psychiatrist or your doctor. Again, make sure you're physically active and this is difficult when we're exhausted. So it might be that you just go for a gentle walk, try to make it somewhere outside near nature water, trees, these have all been shown in many studies to be helpful for our stress, but they give you energy. That doesn't mean you go down and start CrossFit, okay? It's something that I might aspire to, but it's not on my radar just yet. We're talking about restorative exercise, and so walking in nature outside near water or trees is probably the easiest one. Make sure that your medication is optimised and this has been a huge problem across the world for people uh, accessing the appropriate medication for different reasons. But now that the supply is starting to to re-emerge and things are improving, just check, is this the right medication for you? Is it the right dose? Are you using it as well as behavioural techniques? Because we often talk about pills and skills in ADHD management one on its own isn't going to be a long-term solution. And finally, if you are really struggling and burnt out, find a therapist. Coaches can be fantastic and some therapists are also coaches. But I would say that if you are really chronically burnt out, we might suggest that you go and contact somebody like a therapist, a counsellor or a psychologist in the first instance to get you back to a place of being well enough to engage with coaching because it does take energy, it does take some focus, and sometimes we're just not there. And if that's you, then there are uh, neurodivergent therapists, more of them all the time. Um, I will include links to some of them in the show notes, but I do mention them in other places on my blog and my website. And I would say that I feel that this time of year, when we might be thinking about new ventures, new goals, new visions, It's sometimes when we start to recognise that actually we are burnt and especially if you've managed something for many years, if you're a late diagnosed adult, and by that I do mean people over the age of 35 or 40, by the time we get a diagnosis, quite often you've been living in burnout for so long. All of the things I've just described are how you live every day. And if that's you, then you need to do that restorative work Ideally, before you jump into something really demanding, whether that's starting a new business, transitioning how you work just now, eh, or you know, moving house, any of these big, challenging, life-altering circumstances. Now, I'm a big fan of TikTok, which uh, might sound a bit strange for some people because isn't TikTok really bad for your brain? Possibly, but I enjoy a 10-minute scroll through there I've got some people on there that I now describe as friends. One of them, uh, Helena, is running a 30-day start a business challenge. And one of the things I was thinking about as I was listening to her talk, and she's an incredible, bright young woman, is that the number of people I know who run their own business and 
who have a diagnosis of ADHD is quite incredible. But then the number of people with ADHD who run their own business and are in burnout, which is why I wanted to start looking at burnout and talking about some of the strategies that you can use. So if you are a person with ADHD and you want to start your own business, I'm going to be talking more about that in the the weeks to come. But I would love to know what has got you stuck. I think this is my third business and in each of them, I've come up against the same problems because I didn't really understand how to work with ADHD until now. So third time lucky and the things that I have managed are things like impulsivity, things like burnout, things like overwhelm, problems with focusing, being consistent, the the kind of multitasking aspect of running a business. And of course, the sensitivity to stress and to criticism, to rejection, and not just from people on social media, but from my peers as well. And all of those are things that are going to be part of what I'm looking at in a few weeks time. I'm going to drop them into the next few podcasts. But if you have a specific question about running a business, starting a business and ADHD, let me know because I have been around the block a few times. But not only am I now a successful coach and a business owner, I've also had extreme circumstances of failure. Not to the extent where I have lost millions of pounds because I've never taken out a loan to start a business. But I do know many people with ADHD who have because they have a sure bet. They know exactly what people need. They know exactly how they're going to fix the problem. And they do a lot of investment up front and then it doesn't work because of the ADHD challenges as well as poor market fit. So I would like to invite you to send me your questions about ADHD and business startups, running a business. It's the exciting part is getting things started. The hard part is making that sustainable, avoiding burnout and actually enjoying the thing that you set out to do. I'm incredibly privileged. I love coaching, but all the other stuff that goes with it is a challenge. So I would never deny that it is something that I need to monitor constantly. And it's one of the reasons I still have my own coach. But I want to help you. And I want to make sure that if your goal for this year, if your vision for this year is to transition into a business that works for you, rather than one that uses you up and spits you out and that exhausts you and doesn't leave you time for your family, doesn't reward you, whether in terms of your mission in life, in terms of your finances, let me know and we will do some brainstorming together. And if you've got symptoms of burnout, if you feel like you're getting close to that edge, please download the PDF I'm going to link in the show notes today. Yes, it signs you up from a mailing list. No, you are not going to get five emails from now until the end of time. Every single day I'm going to be in your inbox. I'm not like that. I'll send you the the list of things that I suggest are useful for ADHD burnout and then you can choose what comes next. Get in touch with me if you have questions about ADHD and burnout or ADHD in business. And until next week, take care of yourself. Make sure you're making time for rest, for relaxation and put those boundaries in place now. Remember, lean into that bulb energy, your 
going to be glorious in a few months' time. You're going to have that main character, centre stage, big, incredible blossom with bright petals energy. You're going to get there. But right now, it's perfectly okay to be a bulb, cosy and nestled up underground, storing up your energy and just waiting to emerge with springtime. Thank you for joining us today on Powerful Possibilities, Navigating ADHD from New Diagnosis and Beyond. We're all about equipping you with the tools and insights that you need to thrive. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and share it with someone else you know who might benefit or who you want to understand you better. Remember, your journey with ADHD is an ongoing journey of growth but you're not alone anymore. Until next time, this is Catherine, reminding you that with the right guidance, the possibilities really are powerful and endless. Take care.